Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Who Asked You Tattoo. I'm Robia, and today I want to talk to you about representational tattooing, meaning representing loved ones, family members, uh, significant milestones in our lives, how we want to feel about ourselves, our strengths, overcoming our weaknesses, and so on. So these are tattoos that have significant meaning in our lives, meaning that the image itself represents a significant portion of our lives, as opposed to tattoos that may not have a huge significant meaning to them. Um, I have both types of tattoos on my body. Um, I don't think one is better than the other. But I do see that the majority of people, especially those newer to the tattoo world, meaning those who maybe only have a few tattoos or are just starting out on their tattoo journey, tend to really lean towards these very heavy uh, representational tattoos, whether they're representing family or, like I said, overcoming obstacles or this type of stuff. Now, like I said before, I don't think either is better or worse. I think that if you're newer, you tend to lean towards that permanent stuff because you know you're not going to feel horrible down the road about it. Um, but if you pick any image that is classic and timeless to your taste, you're probably not going to regret it anyway. But for the sake of our discussion today, we're going to talk about representing loved ones, um, you know, representing your strength, representing, you know, overcoming those obstacles, this type of information, um, and how we can use imagery um, or literal lettering and words to accomplish this um, well. So one of the reasons I've decided to do this podcast is I have had numerous conversations with so many of my clients over the last few months about representational floral. Um, this is a big one for me. I, if you don't know, I specialize in floral. So I get a lot of women that come to me that want to represent their family members, children, aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers. Uh, they want to represent them using floral designs and floral patterns, which is a wonderful way to represent our family members. Um, so that's the, the reason that I started this podcast uh, on this particular topic. Also, I recently saw a thing that Ink Mag had posted uh, that was talking about uh, guys who wanted to come in and represent their strength on their body by using lions and timepieces and how sick and tired a lot of tattoo artists were of hearing the same exact thing all the time, meaning that every guy wants a lion to represent strength or a wolf or a this or a that. And if you use those images to represent that and they have a deep personal meaning to you as that representation, there's nothing wrong with it. Use, utilizing popular imagery in order to represent what you want on your body is not a bad thing um, if it has an actual personal meaning to you. But if you're just going to grab a popular image off of the internet that appears to represent strength to other people, um, then really you're not getting very personal at all and it doesn't actually have a deep meaning for you. It's just a general overall image. So that's kind of what I want to discuss today. Um, one of the first things I really want to talk about though is my interpretation, <laughs> of my educated interpretation of what's really happening for most of my clients at least when they are getting tattooed. So what, what we're really doing when we're getting tattooed is we are putting imagery on our body to help us feel a certain way about ourselves and help others feel a certain way about us when they see us. We hope that they you know pick up what we're putting down when it comes to the type of images that we have. A lot of people tell you, oh, I don't care what other people think. And I think that that's a great way to live. 
Although I will say that the majority of us, including myself, we do care about what other people think. As a species, human beings are, are pack animals. So we do want to fit in, but we also want to be individualized. And there is nothing wrong with that. It is okay to want to fit in with your peer group. And it is okay to want to be an individual. Um, it doesn't make you insecure. And it doesn't make you a, a bad person or somebody who's not worthy because you want to fit in with your peer group and you want to feel a particular way about yourself when you look in the mirror. So having said that, when we are attempting to put something on our body, especially representational stuff, we really are trying to achieve a goal of, of feeling a certain way about ourselves when we look in the mirror. And I think it is equally important to focus on that as it is what you're trying to represent on your body. So for example, I have a, a woman who came in to talk to me about floral um, and she wanted to represent multiple family members on her body utilizing floral. She wanted to use birth month flowers and I'll get into that in a moment. But the flowers that went together for these particular people wasn't really an aesthetic that she was actually looking for on her body. Based on the stuff that she had sent me, the, the reference images that she had sent me, she wanted the piece to look a particular way and meaning she wanted it to shape her body in a particular way and the images the floral images that represented the people in her life didn't fit that mold so she was kind of left in a situation where she had a choice of either getting the tattoo aesthetic that she wanted meaning the way she wanted this image to appear on her body versus getting the floral that she wanted the flowers that she wanted didn't work well artistically speaking for the shape of the body that we were going on so representation of loved ones sometimes needs to be really flexible in order for you also to have a really good looking tattoo and that's really what i'm going to go into today is how can we represent those we want on our bodies our, our family members our triumphs our journeys how do we represent this uh in a way that is truly personal and in a way that is actually aesthetically pleasing to us as well not just representation of other so uh, that leads me to my next point, and you'll see me looking down if you're watching this, um, checking my notes so I don't get totally off track. All right, so let's talk a little bit about representational imagery in, in detail, what we're going to use to represent the people in our lives. Are we going to use animals? I've talked to many people who want, you know, a bear and two bear cubs for them and their two children, or, you know, wolf packs. Um, so you've got animal representation, you've got floral representation, lettering representation, you know, footprints and, you know, time pieces and is, if, if time is fleeting for you and all these types of different really things that we're trying to say using images. Now, I'm specifically speaking about using images today. So if you want to represent a child or a loved one or somebody in your life by using lettering, so a name and dates, this type of stuff, uh, that's kind of another topic. I think that there is a wonderful place for lettering. I have lettering on my body. I have names on my body. I think it's beautiful. I often personally, as a tattoo artist, don't necessarily like combining imagery and lettering together unless it happens to work really well when it comes to representational tattooing. If you are representing a family member with an image, I personally like to let the image do the talking and not necessarily add lettering to that. The reason I feel that way is because you're actually saying 
the same thing twice or three times or four times in certain circumstances. So for example, say you're getting, and this is a very common tattoo and I'm not putting it down, so don't get all mad at me about it, but let's say you're doing a representation for a child who was recently born and you're doing footprints and a name and a date. So the daughter's daughter or son's birthday, their name and their footprints at the time that they were born. One of the things that you're doing in the situation is you're actually saying the same thing three times. Now, if you like the aesthetic of the way that the footprints with the lettering on it looks, and you really just want that image on your body, wonderful. Absolutely go for it, execute it to each their own, do whatever it is that, that makes you feel good in when you look at the actual tattoo. However, if you are doing this out of a lack of creativity because you can't come up with another way to represent that individual in your life, or this is just what you've seen that's kind of the closest to what you want, um, I recommend kind of hold off. And uh, I'll, I'll get into talking to an artist about it in a few minutes, but really hold off and kind of figure out what's something that's a little more personal to you, excuse me, what's a little more personal to you uh, in this particular situation that represents your child, not just a child, if that makes sense. So saying it more than once is, is, is a thing, it's re redundancy is a thing I deal with on a pretty regular basis. You know, somebody comes in and goes, oh, I want to represent, you know, my child and their birth month, birthstone is this and their birth flower is this and they love, you know, unicorns. So I want a unicorn with this flower and this birthstone. Well, again, you're saying the same thing three times. You're talking about the same person three times. And the reality is that image may look better as just the unicorn. The image, the overall aesthetic of the tattoo itself may work better as just the floral or just the gemstone. So sometimes people, I think, so desperately want to have this amazing personal representation that they tend to overdo the representation. So overdo the images that are associated with each individual. So one of the things I talk to my clients about a lot, especially recently, and I'm going to use birth month flowers as an example for this, uh, when it comes to representing people in our lives, and this goes for anything, but I use birth month flowers specifically because it's a conversation I have a lot. Birth month flowers are made up. <laughs> They're not, there's no scientific backing, <laughs> uh, scientific information on birth month flowers. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, from my research, the earliest tracing back that I could find to who actually created the idea of birth month flowers was a woman by the name of Mari Mary Montague, and she was a 18th century noble who wrote poems and a few other things. She wrote a book uh, called The Language of Flowers, I believe it's called. Um, you can fact check me on that if you'd like. Uh, but essentially, that's one of the earlier recordings that we can see of somebody actually referencing floral as birth month flowers. And what she was doing was saying that certain flowers have certain characteristics and that people born in the month of, say, December, and the flower for December is Narcissus, or there's another one there as well. I think it's Poinsettia. Um, but that Narcissus represents the characteristics of Narcissus could represent the character of the person who was born in the month of December. So it's very similar to a zodiac sign. Um, and really, there's no actual scientific data to really back this up. So using narcissists, so for example, if you 
have a child that's born in December and you really want to represent them, people tend to go, okay, well, what flower is the month of my child? Oh, December. So I need to get a narcissist. Well, that's not true at all. Somebody in the 1800s decided that narcissist was the birth month flower, but it does not have to be. Um, not that I'm trying to change the list of birth month flowers by no means, but what I am saying is you can represent a, a person any way you want. You can make up your own flower. One of the things I do with my clients is I talk to them about possibly looking into other floral that blooms that time of year. There's a lot of flowers that bloom in the winter. So we go through and start looking at different flowers. Or if they're representing a child and the child is old enough that it's exhibiting its personality traits. I ask my clients, well, when you see your child, what do they remind you of? Are they bright and sunny? Are they mysterious? Are they, you know, what's their personality types? And maybe we can find flowers that make you feel feel the same way that your child does. And that is a far more personal representation of your loved one than just some rando birth month flower that somebody assigned to it in the early 1800s. So I talk to people about representation a lot and how we can actually represent the people in our lives in a way that actually fits them. Now, this is a little more difficult when you're dealing with babies um, or loved ones that you never knew. Um, so I think that it's, it's a, a, a different topic, but it's still, you're able to do it. When you don't have a good understanding of the person's personality, of who you're representing, it makes it a little more difficult to get personal with the imagery. But a lot of times, if it's not a baby, if it's somebody else, you can talk to other family members, see what they're about, um, that type of stuff. Like for me, for example, I have a tattoo uh, that represents my father. And I, let's see if I can show it to you while well, you're on if you're listening, then you're not going to be able to see it. But it is two six shooters and a banner with my father's name in it. Um, this was actually far before I ever became a tattoo artist. But the six shooters were a very personal thing for my father. My father was a stuntman and he did bang, bang, shoot him up Western shows um, all over places like Knott's Berry Farm. He was uh, what they call a fall guy, meaning he would fall from buildings and then they would pretend to shoot each other with six shooters in a very Old West style. So the old, and my father collected old guns. So for me, that was a very personal representation of my father as the six shooters. Um, so finding something that actually applies to the person is, I think, more important than just finding something out there that will do the job, but it's not really for you or for them. Speaking of for you, uh, this is another topic that I always push with my clients. Yes, you are representing a family member. Yes, and I talked about this a little bit earlier. Yes, you are talking. Yes, you are representing a family member and a loved one. And it is important that the image that you put on yourself feels or seems like a good representation of that person. It is equally important, if not more important, that this tattoo looks good on your body. So this is something I run into a lot with tattooing representation of daughters on dads or representing sons on moms. If your son is into Superman and you are not into Superman as a woman, then don't get Superman as the representation. You have to live with this tattoo on your body. The last thing we want to do is have a tattoo that's really cool and represents them and they love it, but yet here we are looking at it not so happy with it. And when we're getting tattooed, like I was talking about before, and it is making us feel a certain way about 
ourselves when we look at this. The last thing we want to do is go, oh, well, that's a really cool tattoo for my son. I'm glad he loves Superman and it makes me happy when I see it, but I don't really want this on my body for the rest of my life. So it is just as important that we represent the ones we love, not only in a way that we feel represents them, but also in a way that we feel good about for women feel beautiful about for men feel you know strongly about that you you know and or if you're a man and you like to feel beautiful whatever it is that when you look in the mirror and you see yourself that image that you've tattooed on your body is exactly what you want to see when you look in the mirror so it's really important that we not only weigh in on representation of the person but that we really keep in mind the aesthetic that we want on our body so this leads me to my next point, which is how do we find good representational imagery? Well, for my clients, I have a number of ways that I sit down and do this with them. Um, a lot of times I will have my clients come in and I will talk about what they're trying to represent and I'll say, okay, well, how does this make you feel? Um, a good example of this was actually a memorial piece that I did not too long ago where a client of mine came in and it was representing a child who had passed away, which is a very touchy subject, but we talked about it and I asked her, how do you want to feel about your son's passing? Very deep, very personal question, but very accurate to the circumstance. So I said, how do you want to feel? And she said, I want to feel at peace. And I said, great. What type of things make you feel at peace? So here's a great way to look at images that are going to make us feel a certain way when we see them. So she picked a particular image that made her feel peaceful inside. So now when she looks down at this tattoo and it represents a very traumatic, very hard, difficult time in her life, she looks at that and it is peaceful and it brings her to a place of peace. So representing this scenario on her body in a way that allows her to respond when she sees it in the way that she actually wants to feel. Um, is super deep, but also really effective at moving forward on closure and that type of stuff. So it's, it's equally important that we find something that makes us feel the way we want, the way we want to feel as it is that we just represent that individual. So I have a really good client who put it beautifully. She said, humans have the innate ability to derive meaning from anything. And that's very true. So that also means that we have the ability to apply meaning to anything. So when you are looking at, um, you know, representation, I'll go back to the floral with the birth month flowers again, because it's the easiest and it's one I work with the most. One of my clients came in, her daughter was born in October and I'm an October baby myself. The flower for October is marigold. Um, I personally don't think it's a very pretty flower and neither did she. So I said, okay, well, rather than using a marigold, let's just look at you know, what, what does your daughter feel like? What's her personality feel like? You know, do you want to stick with something that's autumn colors because she was born in the fall? Um, and so she said, well, I feel like my daughter's more of a sunflower. I said, great, let's do that. Now we put the sunflower on her and guess what? The sunflower is representing her daughter. So we can apply that meaning to anything we want. And whether or not other people agree with you, that's the part where it really doesn't matter. And you don't even have to tell them. If you're all imagery based to them, it's probably just going to be a beautiful image. And at the end of the day, that's what you really want on your body is just heart, you know, awesome imagery, hot imagery, sexy imagery, beautiful imagery, whatever you want to call it, whatever label you want to put there. Um, and that's personal for you. 
as long as it has that feeling, you will be very happy with your tattoo for many years to come, uh, pretty much no matter what, because you have decided that this is what this represents to you, and now you're happy with the aesthetic as well. So those things are all really, really important. So once again, I would say really just find an artist that you can communicate with well, somebody who you're comfortable talking to, somebody who you feel like is picking up what you're putting down. Um, this is really important. Find somebody who can help you design. But when you approach your artist, tell them, hey, I need help designing this and this is what I'm trying to do. I love your style. I love your work. I'm not an artist for a living. So can you as an artist, please help me design something that will feel this way. If the artist isn't that type of artist, they will happily let you know, hey, no, thank you. I only do this type of imagery or I only do this type of stuff. And then you can feel free to move forward and find an artist that does do what it is that you're looking for. And trust me, there is one out there for you. Um, I've talked about that a lot and how to find the right tattoo artist. So if you didn't see that and you're watching this, go back and watch that one. So, okay, well, just a little recap. Basically, representing loved ones, representing anything on your body, you can get so much more creative than just the popular images that are out there. So I strongly recommend that you do a little bit more digging, a little more soul searching, and find things that feel like those family members or feel the way that you want to feel or make you feel that way that also have a beautiful aesthetic. And if you're having a hard time finding a beautiful aesthetic, contact your local tattoo artist and ask them. All right. Well, I think that that's going to pretty much wrap this up. I really hope that this information helps you determine whether or not you need to be stuck in a box on what is going to represent the people in your life on your body. So I'm going to wrap it up and tell you guys once again, I hope it was informative and please stay tuned for more podcasts. I'll be interviewing some artists soon. And if you are wherever you're watching or listening to this on, uh, I am available or the podcast is available. I'm not available, but the podcast is available on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or you, can, or, or, or you can go watch it on YouTube. And if you guys love the information, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks. I'll talk to you guys next time.